Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Can you give God some praise this morning? Hallelujah! I just want to say, and I said it out there, I know you couldn't hear me, but I was we were out there and I was shouting and praising God. And, and I just told the people that were out there, never take this for granted. Never take this for granted because there's people, there's churches out there today in this community that haven't seen 20 people baptized in 20 years. You understand? So it's good. It's wonderful. It's great. You can give God praise for what God's doing. So never take it for granted. Brother Ronnie, he was, he was helping me, uh, in baptism and, and he, with tears coming down his face, he said, Lord, may the waters of, may the waters in this church never not be troubled. Amen. And that is a prayer. And that's my prayer as well. May the baptismal waters always be troubled. Thank you, babe. And that's my wife. I don't call every woman a babe. Amen. 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 Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24. And she's a wonderful wife too. And she's a wonderful pastor's wife. Can you give her a hand today? Today I'm going to be preaching a message that I got from somebody else. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, This has already been preached before. And so I just copied it, really, to be honest with you. But I believe in it so much, so so I just took what this guy said and just preached it. This guy's name happens to be Paul the Apostle. Amen? And uh, he said, uh, if any man preach any other gospel than I'm preaching, let him be a curse. So I said, I think I'll preach what Paul preached. And in Acts chapter 24... He preaches a message or talks to this guy by the name of Felix. Uh, Paul is on, uh, is, is standing trial, really. Um, some accusations made towards him, um, at the most were just, he was upsetting the religious people. People who, uh, knew God but didn't have a relationship with God. And, uh, so some of the things they said about Paul was, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, Verse 5 of chapter 24 is that he was a plague, uh, an agitator, and the ringleader of the Nazarites, Jesus being a Nazarene. So he's saying he's the leader of this sect, this, this group of radical people who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and we got to do something about it. Now, this preaching is probably going to be, you're probably going to say something like, Pastor, you preach a strong message today, or man, you wasn't messing around, or uh, some of you might think, man, is he mad, or something like that. But I'm not mad, but I am very passionate. And today, I'm an artist with a paintbrush, and I don't want you to look at me, I want you to look at the picture I'm painting. And the picture I'm painting is a picture of Jesus Christ. That's our hope. That's the answer to whatever's going on in your life. Jesus Christ. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. There's no hope without Jesus. There's no healing without Jesus. There's no peace without Jesus. And I've got the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus, and I'm convinced and I'm persuaded that this is the only message that changes lives. This is the only message that heals families. This is the only message that restores the broken. And this is the message that I want to preach today. So I want you to look at Acts chapter 24 and look at verse 24. Several days later, when Felix came with his wife Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and listened to him on the subject of faith in Christ. Now Felix is the governor, okay? And he listened to Paul on the subject of faith in Christ Jesus. And now as Paul began to speak about righteousness, next verse, self-control and the judgment to come, Felix became afraid and replied, leave. So he's listening to what Paul said, and then he said, leave, leave. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I got some things to do. I got some places to go. But when I have opportunity, next verse, I'll call for you. Here are four points in Paul's message that he delivered to Felix. Faith in Christ, righteousness, 
Self-control. Jason, if you'll turn my mic down a little bit, please. Faith in Christ, righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. I want to flip those on their head today. I want to take the first to make it last and the last to make it first, okay? So the first thing I want to preach to you, I want you to let, let you know, this is my first point, there is a judgment to come. And I know we don't like to talk about that and y'all think I'm, you know, I'm losing it now because, oh, there goes Pastor Caleb. I thought he preached grace and I thought he preached love and I thought he preached mercy. And there he comes at the right out the gate talking about a judgment. Well, that's because I can't love you without telling you the truth. I can't preach the gospel without telling you there's a judgment. And there is a judgment. Now, here's the good news. The judgment isn't for me. The judgment isn't for this judgment I'm talking about. Is it for the believer in Christ Jesus? This is for the person who has accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is called the great white throne judgment. It's found in Revelation, Revelation chapter 20. And I want to read these verses to you. Then I saw a great white throne and one seated on it. That was that's Jesus. Earth and heaven fled from his presence. Why? Because we're talking about King Jesus here. We're talking about the perfect, perfect Messiah with all power in his hands. Before he left and ascended up into heaven, he said, all power has been given unto me. This is the all-powerful Jesus. And when he looks on you with eyes of fire, friend, you don't want to stay there. You don't want to be there. And the Bible says earth and heaven fled from his presence, tried to get away, but there was no place for them. What that tells me right off the bat is you can try to get away from judgment. You can try to make this be about somebody else, but friend, you'll have to stand before Jesus. I can't get so focused and caught up on my neighbor right now. You know, we do a good job thinking, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this message. God's got you here to hear this message. Amen. He doesn't make no mistakes. Earth and heaven fled from his presence, but there was no place. No place was found for them. Next verse. I also saw the dead, the great and the small. That means everybody. Standing before the throne. And the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged. According to, now you need to circle this, underline this, write this in your phone, tweet this so that you can remember it, put it on Facebook, take a picture of the, it on the screen, but you need to get this because this is what everything I'm going to say hinges on, this, this, this thought right here. Everybody was judged according to, right here, their works. To their works by what was written in the books. Wait a minute, that tells me Jesus is keeping account of what we do. Of our works. Then the sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in it. And death, uh, each one was judged according to, underline it again, circle it again, their works. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Here I want you to understand there is coming a judgment. And he will judge your works. So this brings me to my first point or second point. Okay, if there's a judgment, then I better start living right. Right? Wrong. See, God isn't a God of the right. God is a God of perfect. He is a God of perfection. Now, don't leave because I'm working on something. I have a, I have a, I have a, friend here that goes to church at the 11, 9 o'clock service and he was over there this morning. I wasn't preaching as fast as he wanted me to or, and he said, uh, all right, what did he say? Do y'all remember? Some of y'all who are in here? I can't remember. Anyway, something to this effect, uh, fix it. Oh, that's what he said. Fix it, preacher, fix it. And I said, listen, this thing's in the crock pot, not the instapot. You hear me? We got to let this thing simmer. 
So if there's a judgment, then I better start living right. No, you got to be perfect. Now, hold on. That's right. God is perfect. Therefore, you've got to be perfect. See, God is a judge that judges on this criteria himself. And he is perfect. He is lacking nothing. He doesn't, he's not just good. He's not just right. He is God and he demands perfection. He wants us to be perfect. Not just have self-control. Not just do the right thing. But to be perfect in all our ways. Perfect in, our, in every sense of the word. We have to be perfect. God doesn't expect me to be perfect. Okay, pastor, give me the, give me the punchline. God doesn't, surely God doesn't expect me to be perfect. He does. First Peter chapter 1, verse 15. And read it with me. But as the one who called you, that's Jesus, is holy, that means set apart and perfect, then you are also to be holy in all your, not in some, not in most of it. What's it say? All, all of your conduct, you must be perfect. That means you can't grumble. That means you can't complain. That means you can't have an argument with your spouse. That means you can't not, cannot not like your in-laws. Come on, somebody. That means you can't have any doubt. That means you can't, I mean, perfect is perfect, right? You know the definition of perfect, don't you? Perfect. All, everything, right, perfect, perfection, God, Jesus. You can't shoot anybody a bird. When they pull out in front of you or almost run you off the road or gets behind you when you know good and well you should have got up earlier and you was late and you was going to be late for work and it ain't their fault. For you to get there on time, there had to be nobody on the highway and no trains on the track. Yet you getting mad at that person in front of you, calling them names. Some of y'all thinking, man, pastor, you been in my car? No, I got I drive a truck too. <laughs> I got them trains. I live in Jamestown. Uh-huh. That's all I'm going to say about perfect. You, but you got to be perfect. You've got to get it just right. Or you're damned for hell. God cannot accept you unless you are absolutely 100% perfect in his sight. I wouldn't clap either. I mean, I know you clap, but most of you didn't clap because that sounds rough, don't it? But it's the truth. You got to be perfect. But here's my next point. Your performance and your works, your deeds, and your behavior will never be good enough. So here you got God demanding perfection. Be holy as I am holy. And then you got the pastor telling you, be perfect because God won't accept anything else, nothing less. And then I turn right around you and tell you, but you have no chance because that's the truth. In ourselves of our own, we are all damned to a sinner's hell. The lake of fire will be our home. God cannot accept us into his family but this has never been about our performance and it's never been about our works and it's never been about our deeds and it's never been about our behavior God's standard is so high that's why that's why he gave us Jesus now that's when you should clap Your performance, your works, your deeds, your behavior will never be good enough. God demands perfection. God demands holiness. So God gave us Jesus. I want you to look at this, Romans chapter 3, because you got to get this. For no one will be justified in the sight, in his sight, God's sight, by the works of the law. Works. Because this knowledge, the knowledge of sin comes through the law. Next verse. But now, 
apart from your works, the righteousness of God. You know what that means? Right standing, right relationship, perfection. The righteousness of God has been revealed. You know who loves the grace of God? Who, when they think about the grace of God, can't help but have hot tears rolling down their cheeks? Those who know they're a mess without Jesus. They know that there's no way, no way they could get to God in their own works, by their own deeds, by their own performance, that they need Jesus. And I'm standing before you right now as a person who knows without Jesus, I am a mess. Who knows I cannot do nothing without him. And every day my feet hit the floor, I am reminded of that I am just a man, but I serve the son of the living God. And because of him, God calls me holy. Because of him, God calls me righteous. Because of him, God calls me perfect. And that's something to shout about this morning. That's something to stand up and give God But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. The revelation of Jesus has been revealed to me. Next verse. For all have sinned and fall short. Now hear me just a minute. It didn't say miss the mark by a whole bunch. So you like to look on, look down on somebody that just slap misses it. I mean, don't even hit the target. But see, this ain't what God said. God worded this in such a way. His Holy Spirit spoke through Paul in such a way that he said, this is for the people who just missed it. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? I mean, you didn't completely miss it. You didn't all the way together. I mean, you didn't want way off. You just, just missed it. Well, just barely missing it is completely missing it. Why? Because God is completely, absolutely perfect. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Next verse. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So your performance, your behavior will never be good enough. So God gave us Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says this. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. What you couldn't do, Jesus done for you. He knew you would miss the mark. He knew you would fall short. So what you could not do for yourself, God said, I want to give you my son. You can't get righteousness, so let me give you righteousness. You can't earn righteousness, so let me give you righteousness. You can't earn perfection. You'll never meet that criteria. So let me put the one in you who was perfect. And he imputes, that's the word, imputes, gives us Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. I want you to look back in Revelation where I said it was, it was he was judging their works. See, you can be a good person. You can give blood every time the blood bank rolls around. You can give to the ACSA, whatever that commercial is where they want you to give to the dogs and cats. <laughs> you can do that. 
You can go to church here every Sunday. and You can even read your Bible. But if that's what you are planning on bringing, when you stand before God, you're going to be in a mess. See, God, this judgment I'm talking about is not for the believer, for the born-again Christian. This judgment is for the unbeliever who refused to accept what Jesus Christ has done, so they bring God their works. And God judges their works. And our works, compared to God's perfection, will not cut it. Am I making sense this morning? So God gave us Jesus. Yeah, this is all about Jesus. How do I receive this righteousness? How do I receive this grace? How do I receive? How do I receive what you're talking about? Because I know my works is not good. I know God demands perfection. I got it, Pastor. So what do I do? How do I receive this righteousness in my life? How can I stand before God and not fear the judgment? See, I don't fear judgment today as a Christian. You know why? Because God, God poured out the judgment that belonged to me on his son Jesus on the cross over 2,000 years ago in my place. So how do I access this perfection, this righteousness? So God's not looking at my works, but he's looking at the work of his son Jesus. It's by faith. Now hear me, this isn't enough to just believe in Jesus. You got to believe in Jesus and what he done. See, Muslims believe there's a Jesus. Historians believe that Jesus existed. There, there's so much proof that this man who claimed to be a Messiah existed. It's not enough to believe that Jesus existed. You got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And that when he was on the cross, you were on his mind. And that he died for you and he rose again for you, doing something that you could not do for yourself. You have to put your faith in Christ Jesus. And I'm fixing to give you some scriptures. I really want you to write this down. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, or take a picture of it. It'll be on the screen. Because we know a person is not justified by the, their works, but by faith. What does justification mean? It means when, when you place your faith in Christ Jesus, God looks at you as if you had never sinned, just as if you had never committed a sin. He looks at you, that's perfect, perfect. And yet because we know that a person is not justified by what they can do, they can't earn it, they can't receive it, they'll always fall short. So we access this righteousness by faith in Jesus Christ. And Paul said, even I had to do this. Even I had to believe in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 3 verse 28. For we conclude that a person is justified made holy, made perfect, made righteous by faith, not by their works. Are you getting this? Not by what they can do or what they can't do. Not by self-control. How self-controlled are you really? How much self-control do you have? Look at me. I've been on a diet for seven years. That's how much self-control I got. I don't like it, but it's the facts. You know what I found out about self-control? When I get in control of self, I make a mess. The gospel isn't about self-control. The gospel is about spirit-led. Being led by the spirit of God. When the spirit says go, I go. When the spirit says stop, I stop. When the spirit says no, I say okay. When the spirit says be quiet, I say all right, I won't say anything else. You know what I'm talking about? Not self-control, but being spirit-led. For we conclude that a person is justified by faith, not by the works of the law, not by trying to earn it, not by trying to have self, enough self-control to be a good person, a morally good person. Though. It's not enough. John chapter 5, verse 24. I love this one. Truly, I tell you, anyone who hears my word 
That's what I'm preaching to you. And believes him who sent me has eternal life. This is what I love. And will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Oh, come on. Let me, let me explain something. I want you to look at me. Because y'all been everywhere else and thousands of people have went out the doors and back in. I want you to hear me. When I was in 11th grade, I had this wonderful teacher by the name of Miss McCall. If you happen to be watching, you're, like I said, you're a wonderful teacher. And, and she was. And I can remember, it was right before Christmas break. And she was telling everybody their grades. And then I got to my grade. And it was a 68. I thought, no way. It's Christmas time. Jesus coming down, born of a virgin, wrapped in swaddling clothes, just ruining everything. And I said, I've got to do something about this. I cannot go through Christmas, have all this weighing over my head, my mom and daddy find out that I got a 68. Because it happened right at, you know, you get those right after Christmas, right? So your mom and daddy then, you know, gave you some gifts and stuff and spent their heart. And then what have you done for them? You brought home a 68. <laughs> Nothing. It was economics, which was even worse news. I made a 68 and now my mom and daddy think I'm going to be broke the rest of my life. Can't figure out how money works. I said, I can't do this. I can't. So I said, I'm just going to sit and wait for everybody to leave and I'm going to talk to Miss McCall. And that's what I've done. I waited until everybody left and I come up to Miss McCall and I said, Miss McCall, I need to talk to you. She said, yes, sir, Mr. Lancaster. I said, well, you showed me your, my grade. And it was a 68. I just cannot have a six. I just cannot. You don't understand. I can't bring home a 68. At that point, I didn't care if she thought because my mom and dad would abuse me. I didn't care at that point. I just let her think whatever she was thinking. I just cannot do it. And she said, well, you know, I gave you opportunities for this and that and, and this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I said, if you can do anything about it, you know, I'd love it. If you can't, understand. I went out. I tried to not think about it. Enjoy the Christmas season, the birth of a risen Savior with this 68 hanging over my head. <laughs> right after Christmas was over, in the mail come the report cards. Yeah. I opened up the report card. I had been fasting, praying. I joined three churches. <laughs> and I opened up my report card. And when I opened up my report card, I looked down. I knew all my other grades. I was going right down for economics. Miss McCall, 71. I thought, oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. I couldn't believe it. I said, this is amazing. All the worrying I'd done. I didn't have to worry. God, you moved on Miss McCall's life, softened her heart. I said, I got to thank her. I got to thank her. So God worked it out just perfect. And she don't even know this, but she done this so I could have this illustration today. She didn't even know that. That's how God works, ain't it? And so I was at the condiment section where you, you could pump the ranch. Back then you could pump as much ranch dressing as you wanted to anywhere you wanted to. And I had come up to the ranch dressing dispensers in the, in the Ware County High School, and I was just, and there she was, Miss McCall. I said, this is my point. This is, this is it. This is a sign. I go to Miss McCall. I go up by, I don't ever hang up by the Thousand Island dressing, but that, that's where she was at. And I got over there by her, and I, I act like I was doing something to my plate. I said, Miss McCall. She said, yes, Mr. Lancaster. I said, I got my report card. She said, yeah. I said, I, I had a 71. I just, 
I just want you to know she's not looking at me. She's just at, like looking at her dressing. And she said, well, yep. I said, well, what happened, Miss McCall? What changed your mind? Honestly, God, truth. I said, what changed your mind? She said, well, I got to thinking about it. I'm the only economics teacher down this hallway. And if I fail you, I'm going to have to teach you again. And there ain't no way that I'm going to teach you again. I said, yeah, pass from death to life. You see what I'm saying? Put that verse back up there, Billy B. John chapter whatever it was, 5, verse 24. Look, they will not come under judgment and they will be passed from death to life. See, I didn't earn that, I didn't earn that 71. I didn't earn a passing grade, but out of the goodness of Miss McCall's heart, she can say what she said. She knew she loved me. Out of the goodness of her heart, she said, there ain't no way I'm going to let him fail. And I'm telling you, I deserve to fail, but you deserve to fail also. But God said, there ain't no way in hell I'm going to let, I'm going to let you fail. No demon, no way in hell, no, 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 Satan nor any power that he has is going to change my plans for my child. I'm preaching now. Passed from that's, and that's how it works for us. You failed. Your grade will always be failing. You will always, see, I didn't fail by a lot, did I? 68 but I came short. But what God does is takes me, he doesn't take me from a 68 to a 71. He takes me from a 68 to a 100. Perfection. Passed from death to life. That's That's what happens when we place our faith in Jesus. We don't get what we deserve. We don't get what we earned. See, See, grace is giving you something you don't deserve. Mercy is keeping something from you that you do deserve. And God is full of both. Grace and mercy. John chapter 3, verse 16. You know it. For God so loved the world in this way, he gave See, everything God does, his nature is to bless and to give. God gave his son so that everyone who believes on him will not perish but have eternal life. See, what I'm preaching to you today seems strange, but it's the gospel. It's not new. It's old. But it seems too good to be true. That's because it is is good, but it is true. Look at me. Look at me. I'm talking about death and life. You hear me? I'm talking about giving your life to Christ, going to heaven, or doing like Felix when it's more convenient. I got to go. What preaching will, you know, the gospel is the only thing that will cause some to run to him and some to run out the door. It's the only thing that will cause hot tears to roll down somebody's face and then cause the other person to mock, ridicule, and make fun of. It's the only thing that will drive a man to his knees and harden a man's heart at the same time. What? The goodness and the grace of God. The mercy, the goodness, and the grace of God. Of Jesus. This is what I'm talking to you about. Let me, let me help you. I got, when I got saved, I got saved when I was 12 years old. It wasn't until I was 31 that I actually understood what happened to me. I was saved and I had no joy. Had no peace. Preaching something that I didn't even really Believe. 
talking about this is joy unspeakable and full of glory and I didn't have no joy. Why? Because I got saved. I knew enough to get saved. I believed Jesus Christ was my Savior and I needed him. But then I, then it was, I, I took the reins and then I tried to do it. I needed Jesus to get saved and then I told him I'll see you on Sunday. And my focus got off of Christ and onto self. And I done told you what self will do. Self misses the mark. Self doesn't, self fails. Self, and when you begin to see that in yourself and do the things you said, you would never do again. I'm talking to somebody now. And you, you find yourself tripping over the same thing that you've been tripping over and you're constantly looking at self. Guess what? You begin to be, your life begins to be filled with condemnation, guilt, shame. And we were never meant to put our focus on ourselves. We were meant to put our focus on Christ Jesus. And there is a joy when your eyes are on Christ. There is a peace that passes all understanding when your eyes are on Jesus Christ. It is a life worth having and worth living. So I know what it's like. See, see, I know what it's like to be saved and fear judgment because I'm woefully inadequate. Knowing that God's perfect and constantly missing the mark. And if you're in here and you're saying, I don't constantly miss the mark, you're full of pride. You're arrogant. You can't hear nothing I say today until God unstops your ears. I'm, I'm throwing pearls before swine if that's what you think. But if you'll get real with yourself, you'll see how much you need Jesus. Oh God, I need him. I used to sing a song. It was like my song because it's, it's so my story. It's an old song. I don't even need to try to sing it, but I am. <laughs> I used to be a singer and I'm a preacher and you can tell the difference. There's a difference. He goes, I need thee. Oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. and say, oh, I need thee every moment, every is a bridge the cross of Jesus Christ is a bridge to pass you from death to life I know what it's like to live this Christian life and not have joy so there's two people I'm preaching to see I was preaching and, and not didn't have it Saying things that I didn't even really know if I believed. And I'm probably saying too much now. But I'm being honest with you. But it was there the whole time. 
He was there the whole time. And I had to get my eyes off of self and on to Jesus. So today, if you have a joyless salvation, you don't have to. What I just told you, you won't have to fear judgment. Why? Because the Bible says perfect love cast out all fear. And when you Jesus don't have love, he don't give love. Jesus is love. And the, if the love of God is in you, then you are his child. And if the spirit of God and the love of God is not in you, then you are not his, the Bible says. So if you are saved and you don't have this joy that we're supposed to have, this is messages for you today. And then this message is for every unbeliever in here today. I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just telling you this is what the Bible says, that good people go to hell every day. Because your goodness is like filthy rags. Your goodness is as filthy rags. Now, goodness is as filthy rags, you see? We need Jesus desperately. We need God's touch. We need his mercy. We need his grace. If you don't have it, if you don't know him today, it's time. You say, I, I come, Pastor, I like what you're saying. We, uh, and I'll come back Sunday. Don't do that. Don't do that. How do you know if you'll ever feel what you feel right now? No, seriously. How do you know if you'll ever feel like you feel right now? How do you, if you know, how do you know if there'll be a more convenient time? You don't. This is why 2 Corinthians says this. Put it up there, Billy B, for me. I believe it's chapter, chapter 6. At an acceptable time, I listened to you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. See, now is that day. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Now, I'm, ask, I'm asking you right now with all my heart and as nicely and softly and as pleasant as I can, will you give me five minutes? Somebody might need to pass from death to life today. Stand with me all across the building. Musicians and singers, hurry and get in place. Look at me. I don't know else, no other way to say this, but this, this is the most important thing you'll do all day. I can't think of anything else more important than what's taking place right now. I want to ask you, do you know this Jesus? you know this Jesus? Because if you don't know this Jesus, you can do all the good things. You could have made your mind up today and said, I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start doing better. But until you've received Jesus, when you stand before God, God has no other. He can't say anything different. If you're not clothed in the righteousness of God, if his blood hasn't been applied to your life, God has to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Do you think that's a story? Do you think that's just a tale? It's the truth. It is a reality just as much as you're sitting here and I'm looking at you. There's coming a day when you will have to look to God. Where will you stand when you stand before God?
here where you stand. God has to say, I can't accept it. You say, how would God send a man to hell? He wouldn't. You'll send yourself there. God done everything he could do to stop you from going to hell. In fact, he took the son of his son Jesus and laid his life out. If you go to hell, it's because you trampled over the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. It's not because you have to. Spirit of God. God, you know my heart. I have been criticized at times of being passionate. God, I, this is this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. And yeah, I'm preaching like a man. I try every Sunday to get up and preach like a man who will never get to preach again. That this is the last time I'll, I'll be able to say anything to you. And I try to preach like that every week. Because it very well but could be the last time you hear the gospel. And I want you to hear it. I mean, hear it today. If you do not know Jesus, today is the day to accept Him. Hey, hey, God is dealing with you right now. That's not me. That's not emotion. That's not some, some, some fancy way that I articulated the message to cause some kind of emotional stir in you. No man cannot save you. Man comes to Jesus when God gets a hold of him and draws him and starts messing around in his life. If God, the creator of heaven and earth, thought enough to come by 3205 Memorial Drive today to say, what that guy's saying is the truth. <laughs> you better do something about it. See, the gospel will make you make you a choice today. You got to make a choice today. You say, I ain't going to make no choice. You made a choice. You chose hell today. Another day you're risking your life one breath away, one heartbeat away from eternal damnation. So don't get it twisted. You're going to make a choice today. And not making a choice is making a choice. But today is the day of favor. Today is the acceptable day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation to anyone who believes. Do I have to join your church? No. Do you have to be baptized? No. You got to place your faith in Jesus Christ. placed your faith in Christ Jesus. And hear me, when you stand before God, it'll be too late to fix anything, to make anything right. It'll be too late then. God is a God of grace today. But when God stands before you and you stand before God, He can't help but be a God of fire and a God of judgment. So today, don't offer in your works Offer up Jesus. God, when you look at me, Robert, can you come here, buddy? Not no big Robert. No big Robert. You ain't big Robert, you little Robert. Big white Robert. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Now you can get up here too. I'll get you up here next time. 
God, I don't want to offer my works to you. God, when you see me, look at Jesus. God, when you see me, don't look at me. But God, when I stand before you, may you see Jesus. May you see Jesus. And when God sees Jesus, he sees perfection. When he sees Jesus, he sees the cross. When he sees Jesus, he sees the blood that shed down that cross. When he sees Jesus, he sees perfection. And when he says, sees Jesus, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Great is your reward. Amen. Don't see me, God. See Jesus. Anybody scared that God might see you today? Does it like Felix cause you to be afraid? Don't walk out of here and leave in your fear. Just accept him today. Accept Jesus today. Anybody want Jesus and you need Jesus today? You're not saved and you want to give your life to Christ today? Is there anybody in here? Listen, we're family. You see, what I want Remnant Church to be is not a people that are distinguished and, and lines are drawn between titles and professions. And, because the all of the ground is equal ground at the foot of the cross. All of us, no matter what our titles may be, no matter how good we've done or not done, we all need Jesus. We all need him. We all need him. So I'm asking you right now with every head bowed. Father God, do what only you can do. Minister to your people right now. Minister to these people. God, I don't want them to go to hell. I don't want to walk them walk out the door and everything just as like it was. Arrest their souls today. Arrest their hearts today. Change your lives. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.